Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59 27-point furnished tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to ServicePatriots.com. We got a great game coming up. Saturday in Core Vegas, Oregon State, the 11th ranked team in the country, taking on the number five ranked Washington Huskies. You know what I love about this game? This matchup, you know, like we just have close matchups sometimes with schools. We've talked about this throughout the course of the, the year. We're starting to get that with these two schools. Last two times both UW and, and Oregon State have played, uh, we had, what was it, last year? You had the 10 unanswered in the fourth quarter in that 24-21 win over, uh, that the Huskies got over the Beavs. The year before that, we had the, the, the it was like a, the, the, I wouldn't call it a shootout, but it was the back and forth game, mm-hmm. right? Where um, walk-off field goal in Corvallis, where the Beavs won in 2021. And now we have 2023 where you've got, so much on the line for both the Beavs and the Huskies in this. For the Huskies, it's college football playoff hopes staying alive. For the Beavs, they got to win two of their final three games in order to have back-to-back 10-win seasons for the first time in school history. Like This matchup is awesome. It has everything that you can want. You want high stakes at the end of the season? It doesn't get much more high stakes than what Oregon State is uh, facing on the field it's also pretty high stakes off the field. And so now we bring on our good friend from beaverblitz.com. She is the owner, and she does a hell of a good job covering the, this team. Does it better than anybody else. It's Angie Machado. Angie, how you doing? I'm good. It's a, it's a busy day today. <laughs> it's a really busy day. There's everything. Like it, it's, it's crazy that with a matchup that has this magnitude to it that we're we're talking about what's the schedule in 2024 going to look like for Oregon State but there's some big news coming out we saw from Ross Dellinger uh that there is Oregon State and Washington State after the judge's ruling in Whitman County Court uh that they are going to be moving forward now and trying to figure out their hybrid schedule but you may have the uh Lee Corso not so fast my friend here with what the national uh pundits are saying about what the what the Beavs and the Cougs may be doing. What are you hearing from the Oregon State side of things? Yeah, you know, it's it's this huge narrative right now and I think it's all being led by Gloria Alvarez in the in the Mountain West Conference, which is great, right? I mean, she doesn't want to see her conference picked apart. I get it. I mean, she mm-hmm. um but this would be I mean, if this happens, this would be Oregon State and Washington State's like way down the list plan. So Will, will, the, will Oregon State, Washington State be playing some Mountain West schools? Absolutely. But what I'm hearing is more of an independent-type schedule for the two for two years. Um, you know, I, what I'm hearing is, you know, roughly four, five uh, Power Four teams, six Mountain West teams, and then one FCS, which Oregon State already has Idaho State on the schedule for uh, 2024. So um, that is what I'm hearing is kind of plan A um, and wanting to kind of stick – more independent because the Mountain West, if if that's the case, now I'm I'm still trying to confirm if this is still on the table. But originally the Mountain West won it in exchange for a scheduling alliance. They wanted it that in two years the Pac-2 would have to absorb the entire membership of the Mountain West. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something Oregon State and Washington State cannot do. Um, and quite frankly, I don't like the idea of announcing a scheduling alliance because <laughs> it just puts out the narrative that Oregon State and Washington State are Mountain West schools. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't – I know this is a narrative being pushed 
could, I mean, are we going to see Mountain West teams on the schedule? Absolutely. But, you know, recruits are being told it's going to be more of a, an independent type schedule. Um, and, and they're excited about that. I've heard some potential big, big names. There's lots of programs out there with, with open dates. Um, so I, I do think maybe the national media is getting a little ahead of its skis here. Angie, when you take a look at that, though, some, some of those big names, how much of this, as we get closer and closer to the the obviously the 12-team playoff and, and what will probably end up being super conferences, when you look at how scheduling is going to look for the next two years, how many of those big schools are going to want to play in Oregon State? Because they're looking, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Is Oregon State's probably too good of a school to like, yeah, you want to bolster your resume, you want to make it look good, but you don't want to pick up an early season or a midseason loss against a Jonathan Smith program that's been getting better and better and better every single year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a double-edged sword, but, um, you know, quite frankly, if Oregon State and Washington State announce they are going Mountain West, there's not going to be players or Jonathan Smith or other coaches on the staff to even to be there. I mean, it would yeah. be a death blow. So, um, and I'm not trying to be doom and gloom here, um, but, you know, what ideally what I see happening is Oregon State goes independent, Washington State, the two, go independent for two years, cobble together a, a decent schedule. I see this all blowing up again in two years when the yeah. ACC, I mean, mm -hmm. we already know that Big Ten and SEC are going to be coming after guys. So, and then in two years, the Mountain West TV, is, TV deal is done. So there's not the big buyout. Oregon State doesn't want the entire Mountain West. Yeah. Could, would they like to have a San Diego State, a Fresno State, Boise State? Possibly like a, a UNLV. Mm -hmm. Yes, that makes sense. Um, and then possibly Cal and Stanford might want to come crying back or um, I mean, there's a lot of and, and more teams even, you yeah. know, that'll be opened up. So two years kind of gives you that um, if they can cobble it together, it gives you kind of the, the plan in place to make some big moves and really put together a, a good competitive West Coast power type conference. Um, if, if they decide to do a, a reverse, I mean, it, the way I see a, an alliance, if it is like the way that, that the Mountain West was trying to sell it, because they don't want to see their teams picked apart, no. that it doesn't make sense for Oregon State and Washington State, especially right now with the momentum they have coming off the, the win in, in Washington court. Angie Machado, BeaverBlitz.com uh, is our guest. We were talking about this at, earlier in the show, and I want to get your thoughts on this because it's a weird time to do it, but if you take that 30,000-foot view of, of where Oregon State's football program is, I think that this time is so pivotal not to jump to any conclusions like you're saying one way or the other. Is We were had this discussion, and I believe Oregon State's football program is in the healthiest spot it has ever been. We've seen great runs by Oregon State, but – is this the healthiest that the program top to bottom has been? Absolutely. You know, and, and for all those people that were worried when all this fell apart back in August about how it would re affect recruiting, it hasn't. Um, I'm not going to say that Oregon State is not going to lose a, a player or two or a coach or two. But, um, you know, when you, when you stop, step back and actually look, these players are being told they're going to be playing in, in a competitive conference, not going down to the Mountain West. Mm -hmm. um, they know that they can be developed at Oregon State. I mean, and it's actually helped, um, you know, Oregon State picked up a commitment from the top Oregon 2025 player, Baron Naon from West Lynn. Washington was all over him. And, and one of the big reasons he chose Oregon State was, aside from the coaching, was the fact that his family could see him play and not have to travel across the country every other week. So, um, you know, I think that's going to come into play, too. A lot of these sports, a lot of these programs, um, you know, and a lot of schools jump ship quickly trying to, to save themselves but 
um, the, the ramifications are going to be reverberating as far as travel and fan engagement and so many other aspects when you're you know traveling to um, State College, Pennsylvania or Rutgers or, you know, there's a lot of a lot of deals there that maybe aren't ideal if you're um, a volleyball player or a baseball player. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, going from across the country and in, in fan perspectives to very local, uh, the Beavs have a monumental matchup against Washington coming up where they have the opportunity to not only play spoiler, but to throw themselves smack dab in the middle of, of, of a, Pac-12, a Pac-12 race. Uh, or Pac-10 yeah. race down the store, Pac-2, whatever you want to call it. There's too many names now. <laughs> a Pacific Coast Conference race. Uh, if they they can play spoiler in, in, in two out of three weeks. And they yeah. have a real opportunity. Washington's coming in as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. So they're, uh, uh, what, a one-and-a-half-point favorite on a neutral site. And Oregon State is... Well, hey, when did you check that? Because I looked today on CBS, and Oregon State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Hey, hey. Oh, I'm looking at... I'm, you know what? You're, you're right. I just did... I looked at the open. I have not looked at the live yeah, line. Yeah, the open. Yeah. Opening, Washington was... Um, it's it's changed about four points so they, since, since it opened. It, it kind of shows you where the public is sitting, at least right now. The, that Washington team is certainly uh, explosive offensively, and this Oregon State team is missing what made kind of defined last year's team in the secondary that you would think is like, oh, this is this clinical matchup. How does this Oregon State team go in and dictate to Washington and throw their hat in the ring and not only be disruptive just for being disruptive sake, but legitimately throw those, themselves into uh, a Pac-12 fight? Yeah, I think this is actually a really good matchup for Oregon State. I think being at home is huge. This may be the craziest we've seen Research Stadium. I mean, I look back to the, the USC game last year and that was half a stadium that was pretty rowdy, but this game is going to be nuts. Um, so I think that helps. I think the weather is going to play a huge part of that mm-hmm. um, because Oregon State's run game is, is you know, I, I see Oregon State's run game being a lot better than Washington's run game. So, you know, you mentioned Oregon State secondary. I think they are improved. You know, when we talked in, in August, I so that was kind of the question mark, but I think they've kind of stepped up, shown that they are actually maybe not a step behind as, as we thought going in. And then, I love the way Oregon State's pass rush has actually developed over the past few weeks. You know, John, um, Andrew Chatfield is, is bringing pressure. Calvin Hart, Easton Mascarenas. I mean, these guys, you know, you pressure Michael Penix. I mean, Washington's shown they are not winning games by a lot of points. They are right on the verge of, of you know, not being there. So um, a great team, and Oregon State's going to have to bring their effort. But I think, you know, if the weather becomes a factor, if noise is a factor, I like Oregon State's chances to stop the run and pressure Penix, maybe making a bad decision. Love it. I, this game is is everything. And, you know, these two teams, they played two really tight games the last couple of years as well. And, I mean, that yeah. makes it a little bit more fun when you have two teams that they've matched up really well. The styles make fights, and they have had some great knockout, dragout fights that have gone the distance over the last two weeks. And this one, it has high stakes for both of these teams. What would it mean for Jonathan Smith to have the first back-to-back 10-win seasons in, in program history? 
Oh, it's huge. You know, I, I think he's not really even thinking about that maybe right now, but um, like you said, it's just a huge um, accomplishment. And, and top to bottom, when was the last time we've seen Oregon State um, with, with this strong of a program? <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it's huge. And like I said, going into Washington, his old employer, um, you know, he spent a lot of time up, up being the offensive coordinator with Washington. So um, there's, you know, definitely some friendly friendly lines there. But um, yeah, I think about last year, it was a three-point loss. It was It was contested. Um, if you remember, Oregon State made a comeback, scored a mm-hmm. touchdown, and then the power went out. Um, it was, and then it was like a, a 15 minute delay before they got the power back on. It was a kind of, or the lights went out. It wasn't even the power; the lights went out. So um, there's been some some big games. I, I think back to 2007 at Reeser, um, Evanson Bernard was, you know, over the line for a touchdown. Referees said he wasn't. If you remember, if, I don't know if you guys were around, but that the, the amount yeah. of booze that came, I, I, I imagine the atmosphere at Reeser to be close to that level. I It'll hope, be nuts. I hope it is because, like, this is the atmosphere. This is the game. Like, it, it was amazing. That Utah game, you felt that buzz and you felt that energy. And then it was like, wait, they're just – they're mopping the floor with them. Like yeah, this isn't yeah. fun anymore. Yeah. I, I hope that you get that for the for the whole three and a half hours because it has the it has the billing to go the distance in that way, and that would just be a raucous environment. Um, one more, one last thing before we let you go, Angie. And I, I this is a question that we've all all we've talked about is scheduling for football. What about the other sports, and where is the best landing spot in your mind for everything else? Yeah, no, I, I do think that they are going to, we will see some type of a scheduling alliance, whether that be with the, the you know, West Coast Conference for baseball, potentially. I've heard even, you know, Big 12 for wrestling. I mean, I think we're going to see kind of a piecemeal um, scheduling kind of agreements with some other these other conferences, um, you know, for gymnastics, wrestling, volleyball, um, but football is kind of your big one. Um, but I do, I think just as far as ease of travel um, and get these guys, you know, baseball, you know, there's some good baseball played on the West Coast, West Coast Conference, um, and, and across the, you know, smaller schools that are still making it to Omaha. So, um, in fact, I was laughing because I was like, wait, who in the Big Ten even plays baseball? Exactly. Like I mean, honestly. So, um, no, so it's, it's an interesting, you know, dynamic. That is kind of the direction I've been hearing that we'll see. Um, but obviously, everyone's waiting for football. And, you know, my, my hope is in the next two weeks, there's something because Oregon State needs to have something out there solid um, before that transfer portal opens and, and signing day happens in a month. Angie Machado, beaverblitz.com. You can uh, find her. She'll be at Reeser come Saturday when Washington and the fifth-ranked team in the country rolls in to take on the number 11 Oregon State Beavers. Have a great one. We appreciate you taking the time for us today. Hey, thanks, guys. There she is, Angie Machado, beaverblitz.com.